0: For a few weeks here in November, we've been walking verse by verse through Psalm 100. And back in about 400 A.D., a church leader named Augustine uh, was speaking of Psalm 100. And he said that the verses are few but big with great subjects. And if you've ever spent much time in Psalm 100, you've probably recognized that, yes, it's few verses, just five of them, but they deal with very big and great subjects and tonight we're focusing on verse 4, which is probably the the best known verse in Psalm 100. Verse 4 says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. And so verse 4 here of Psalm 100 is talking about our attitude that we have in our relationship with God. Our attitude that we have as we enter God's presence, really our attitude in all parts of life. And the imagery here in verse 4 is from the Jewish temple. Uh, The Jewish temple was kind of like God's house back then. Now, God cannot be confined to any sort of building. Yet at the same time, the temple back in ancient Israel was the place where God met most intimately with people. And it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Now, if you were to literally walk into the Jewish temple back then, you would enter through a gate. I mean, it makes sense. It was a large, magnificent gate that symbolized that you were coming to somewhere special, somewhere significant. And after you enter through the gate into the temple, you come into the courtyard. The courtyard was a large, open space. It was considered to be a holy space because when you are in the courtyard of the temple, you are in the presence of God. And the courtyard uh, was the, the place with the greatest intimacy for the majority of people um, in ancient Israel. Now, priests could go in those places called the, the holy place and the most holy place, but the average person could not. And so the courtyard was a holy place, a place where people could meet with God. And I think the courtyard in the temple is kind of like, uh, like a living room in a house. A living room is a place where you welcome guests. Uh, now, now, I think about the living room in my house. I don't welcome just anyone to the living room who knocks on the door. I mean... If a politicians knock on the door, going door to door, if door to door salesmen come trying to sell me a new roof or new gutter system, or UPS guy or mail carrier um, or Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, in general, people like that, I might talk with them, but talk with them out in, on the front porch. Because when you invite someone into your living room of your house, that's a place of greater intimacy, greater uh, acceptance. It's a place where you're showing, you know what, I value your presence in my house with me. And we are told that we can enter God's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's a, that's a call, it's a welcome to come into his presence. And, and so when you see courts here, we have to understand it's not talking about like judicial courts. I mean, it's not talking about the place where you go and stand before a judge and jury if you transgress the law. It's talking about a place of meeting with God, this courtyard in the temple. And I think an important question when we come to this verse and it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. An important question is, why should we give thanks? Why, why give thanks? And this verse gives a couple different reasons. One is just the privilege we have of knowing God, of coming into his presence. And then a little bit later in this, in this psalm, it talks about the greatness of our God. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. And so these are reasons to give thanks. Because the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Now, we have to recognize that when we are in the presence of something great, something amazing, a natural response is just to stand in awe of that thing. I've never visited the Grand Canyon, but I've seen pictures and I've known many people who have. And one of the things I hear about people or hear from people who visit the Grand Canyon is just how awe-inspiring it is. You go up and and look kind of down over the rim of the Grand Canyon and you're almost speechless. It's just absolutely awe-inspiring. That's a natural response when you're in the presence of something amazing. Or I think of when you see a magnificent sunset. I mean, it can just kind of take your breath away. And in those times, your focus is not really on yourself. It's on the object of your affections. It's the object that you're standing in awe of. I think of last night's NFL game, Chiefs versus Rams. I grew up in Missouri. Chiefs are my favorite football team. I will tell you, that was an amazing football game. I mean, you had the sense as you're, as you're, I was listening to it because we don't get ESPN. But if you're watching or listening, you had the sense during the game that this is something special. Something historic. And in fact, this morning commentators were were talking about how that may very well have been the best NFL game in NFL history, at least during the regular season. And if you aren't aware of what happened, you go look it up. I mean, it's pretty impressive. And the team that I was cheering for, they lost. And like I said, I wasn't able to actually watch it. I listened to it on the radio over the Internet. But even this morning, I was still fired up about the game because there was just something about that was so amazing. When you're in the presence of something great, something amazing, You can't help but stand in awe of it. I mean, I think about, uh, I mean, if you're married and and you have a a fairly healthy marriage, think about your wedding day, the sense of awe and wonder of standing up there, committing yourselves to one another as husband and wife. Or if you have children, what it was like to be able to hold your child in your arms right after they were born. Or if you adopted children, what it was like that first time you met that child who had become yours. There's a sense of awe and wonder and you recognize this is something very significant. And we see the same sense of awe and wonder here. And there's gates with thanksgiving, and his course with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. The Lord is good. I mean, if we stand in awe of, of just things we experience on an everyday basis here in this world, how much more ought we stand in awe of God. And again, he is such a good God. Now, there's something interesting here in verse 4. It says, give thanks to him. That's a command. We are commanded to give thanks to God. But that is a good command. That's, a, that's a, a very life-giving type of command. It's a healthy command. This week I received in the mail uh, a magazine. Uh, it's, you know, you sometimes get trial issues in magazines, and what they're trying to do is sell you a subscription. I'm not going to subscribe to this magazine, but I was reading it yesterday, and there was a paragraph in an editorial about thankfulness that really stuck out to me, that I think helps us to see how healthy thankfulness is and why it's good that God says, give thanks to him. Here's a paragraph from this editorial. The author says, I've discovered that the secret to enjoying life is thankfulness. It really works. There's always something to be thankful for, and finding it transforms your whole perspective. Isn't it just like God to make his command to be thankful simultaneously his means of deliverance? And so she's saying that, you know what, the secret to a a happy, joy-filled life is gratitude. And I think, you know what, that is so true. And on one hand, I was thinking about this. Why did it stick in my mind so much in the last 36 hours since I read it? It's not because it was an incredibly profound truth because I, I basically already knew everything that was in here. But I think what stuck out to me was that It's so true. It's such a a core truth of life. The gratitude and joy are intimately tied together. And really God created us to be thankful creatures. I mean, think about it. When God created us, I mean, we know that in him we live and move and have our being according to scripture. The natural response when we recognize that ought to be gratitude. And that when we recognize that through faith in Christ, God redeems us. That even though we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that God, out of his love, sent Jesus to die in our place so that through him we might have life. The appropriate natural response then is gratitude. Or when we just recognize the many blessings that God gives us? Yes, our lives have challenges. I mean, some challenges that we face are, are deep. They're, 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 they're at times even devastating. But even still, as this woman in this editorial says, there are still always blessings in our lives if only we open our eyes to see them. And so when we recognize the many blessings that God gives us, the appropriate natural response is giving him thanks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And that's what we're here to do tonight. That's what we're seeking to do through, through this Thanksgiving season And we're going to have an opportunity in a few minutes to share with one another what we're thankful to God for. This is one of the hallmarks of our Thanksgiving service here at the church, is just being able to share what we're thankful for. So in in preparation, I just want you to be thinking in your own mind, uh, just over the course of the last year, what are you thankful to God for? It might be something really, really big and kind of life-changing for you. Maybe it was a trial that you saw God's grace and, and, and the support of other people around you through that trial. Maybe it's just something, just kind of an everyday blessing. And we're going to have an opportunity in a few minutes to share that with one another. Um, Before we do that, I want to pray for us, and then we'll sing a song called Count Your Blessings. So let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you are a good and a gracious God whose faithfulness and love endures forever. Thank you for so many blessings that you give us. Lord, we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And I pray that you will fill our hearts with gratitude. Yes, we face trials in life. And some of those trials, trials cause great heartache. But we're thankful for your faithfulness. And Lord, we thank you for the many blessings you give us, the biggest of which is Jesus himself. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. By invite you to stand as we sing, count your blessings.